You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. This podcast explores how to feel better in all aspects of our lives so that we can be our best leaders. If you have been feeling stressed about being the owner of your practice and you want to change what you are getting at work and in your personal life, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my 16th episode of Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and I am the life coach for busy dentists. And I'd like to welcome you today to our episode. We are going to be talking to a wonderful woman named Dr. Shakila Angadi. Dr. Angadi is a general dentist, and she has an amazing story of how she has now become an emotional intelligence coach. And we're going to talk a little bit about her story, but mostly what we're going to be talking about is how to feel our feels and deal with what has been going on in the world around us. And just in case you're listening to this episode sometime in the future right now, it's March 31st, 2020, which means we're in the middle of the virus pandemic. And so, but basically, she and I just had a really wonderful conversation about sort of how to deal with what's been going on in your mind and your heart while we're going through all these changes. This interview is so well worth your time. Please listen to the end because at the end, she tells her story about how her family got COVID. So you guys are going to want to stick around to the very end. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you at the end of the show. Okay, and so I'd like to welcome to our podcast, Dr. Shakila Angadi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled that we were able to carve this time out. I know both of us, we've had sort of like weird, hectic schedules lately because of everything that's going on, but I've just been looking forward to talking to you ever since I um, invited you on, and this is such a timely conversation, so I appreciate you being on here. And um, just to reiterate what I explained on the introduction of this show, Dr. Angadi is a general dentist and a life coach correct? I'm a social and emotional intelligence coach. So technically, yes, life coaching, but my focus is on emotional processing, awareness, and learning how to use our emotions as information. So that's specifically where and how I help help people. So that is extremely appropriate for our times (laughs) right now. Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of dentists out there right now having a lot of thoughts and feelings. Just a few, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a few. Mm-hmm. So what are you hearing from your people? What are people worried about and what else are they feeling besides worry? Absolutely. So, you know, first of all, I think for everybody, dentist or not, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknown in what we're dealing with in this pandemic, in this situation, it's unchartered territory. And so Mm -hmm. I think that this fear of the unknown that many of us 
kind of already deal with on a on a day-to-day -day basis may be coming up in a different form it does lead to reactive behavior as we've seen with the toilet paper hoarding and all the <laughs> other things that absolutely make no sense but ultimately these primate emotions that we have these reptilian emotions that part of our brain that really is honed in our, our survival instincts that part of our brain is really lit up right now so what i'm seeing this this rampant panic overwhelm anxiety fear so much fear what's tomorrow going to look like and having to not only see all of these emotions and not judge them which is a very different conversation as you and i both know and learning to figure out how to process them i think is probably the biggest obstacle I'm seeing with current clients of mine on social media. I know we're both seeing very similar things. And I really think that this is a time that we can actually hear our emotions without the chatter. And that could be intimidating for a lot of people. And I think it is intimidating for a lot of people when they sit with these really, really big, big feelings of not knowing what tomorrow's gonna bring, not knowing what happens in their practice, not knowing what's happening with their team or what's happening with their family. Is everybody gonna get sick? All of these questions we have are coming from these very, very huge <laughs> panic-based emotions. And so I think that putting a pin in that with a conversation like this is very appropriate because many of us are feeling the same thing. And especially in our, in our dental industry where we are, we've been floating on islands next to each other for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're now realizing that we are a lot more connected than we may have originally thought. So that fear, and I think once we're past that moment of fear, we get into other big emotions such as grief and figuring out how to make sense of this limbo situation that is right now. We don't know what's tomorrow. We knew what was yesterday and we know what's right now, but I think we can't get to the process of processing with grief and recognition and acceptance until we actually become aware of these big emotions. So to answer your question, um, <laughs> all of those big emotions, I mean, they are manifesting in such interesting ways right now that there is no right or wrong way to process these emotions. Because the number one question I've gotten from personal clients has been, how do I get past my own anxiety and fear and overwhelm in dealing with this? How do I get over it is specific, the specific question that keeps being repeated. And my answer is we don't get over it, we get through it. And as uncomfortable as that is, that is a place that this situation is allowing us to sit with. But how about you? What are, what are you seeing? Are you seeing similar? Are you seeing anything in addition to that? Well, first I want to make a comment about what you said, because it just occurred to me while you were talking, you said that we are not used to just sitting there and feeling our feelings. And I think as dentists, it's so true because all we have to do is dive into our next extraction or our next um, crown prep or whatever, because we've got a whole list of people waiting for us right now. And we don't have time to feel uncomfortable. 
you know, and besides that, as humans, our brains do, they're naturally um, wired to make us feel worried, but anything that's uncomfortable in our society right now, we run away from it and we run as hard and as fast as we can. So I'm not surprised that your clients are asking you how they can stop feeling that way um, because we, we don't know how. We just want to do our next crown prep or our next filling. We don't want to feel fear or anxiety. And the other thing I was thinking while you were talking was, um, you know, we, it's so helpful to think of ourselves as an animal or a species on this planet and how we have this innate behavior that comes out once we feel panicky. Just like, for example, if you have a horse who's injured, the horse isn't going to sit there and let you take care of it. It's going to try to run away, right? Which doesn't make any sense at all. And the same thing can happen too for us as humans. If we're feeling worried about our dental practice, we might make some crazy decisions or hoard toilet paper or <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't think of anything really good right now, but so many things, um, panicky things that we could do if we don't watch ourselves. But one of the things that I see over and over and over again, um, and this is on social media and with my clients, um, and just in conversations with all of the friends that I have that are in dentistry, is there's this underlying anxiety that we're going to make the wrong decision. We have all these new decisions to make that we didn't have to make before. We were just busy running on our treadmill, doing our thing, opening, you know, opening the practice every morning, having our huddle, work, 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 and go home, take care of the kids, all that stuff. And all of a sudden now we have to do things like decide which financial aid are we applying for? How long are we going to be closed? Should we hoard our PPE or donate it? You know, all these different decisions and everybody is worried that they're not going to make the right ones. Are you running into that? Absolutely. I mean, definitely a heightened fear of failure, perfectionism, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think all of us dentists, whether we're clinical or not, are recovering or quite in it, quite frankly, as far as our perfectionistic attitudes. And it's this situation that does bring that about. Am I, am I making a decision that is perfect? Am I making the wrong decision? Is it better to not make a decision? Is it better to make too many decisions? Am I making enough decisions? I mean, I'm exhausted listening to that in, in, in my head, but I can only imagine how exhausting it is to actually be thinking all of these things right now. So absolutely, this heightened fear of failure is definitely very, very real right now. Yeah. And in fact, I have to admit, I also feel that for my practice. You know, I mean, should I lay them off? Should I not lay them off? Should I call them back? Should I not call them back? Even like um, some of them have been worried about coming into the building to help me with non- um, clinical things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I even going to have a practice again? Like, is anyone going to come back to me <laughs> after we, so I have all these um, fears about asking or if I'm going to make the right decision. And I did a little bit of coaching on that. And I have to say, I came up with some really good things. So I'd like to share that with you if you don't mind. Yeah, please. So the first is that I decided to give myself, my future self, a promise that I would not look back onto my present self and criticize her decisions. Because my future self could look back and be like, well, you didn't know about this, so you made the wrong decision, or you should have done this, or kicking myself in the foot and saying, why should, we should have done this thing. 
So I promised myself that during this time, I am not going to do that. And then the next thing is that I, um, I promised myself that if I get new information, I have permission to make a new decision. And in that way, I've given myself and the people around me the grace to everyone's just doing the best they can right now with the information they have. And that's been comforting for several of my clients. Absolutely. I think asking ourselves when we think about this fear of not making the right decision, you know, who are we if we are not perfect? I think that is a very vulnerable space that many of us have to deal with at some point or another, especially in this climate. It's an identity. It's an identity that we've had for so long. We measure by millimeters. I mean, mm -hmm. we are very good with our hands and very good at what we do. And we are very good at the minutia, the detail of what is involved with our hands. And I think when this type of situation is coming about and it questions that, who am I and what am I? And we're digging into this really vulnerable place of identity. It does bring up so many things, but I love how you tapped in to your self-compassion. I think that because we hold ourselves and our expectations to a level that many of us get exhausted living up to, frankly, um, we don't necessarily exercise that self-compassion to say, it's okay. It's okay. I give myself space to be human and make a mistake and re-navigate and re, you know, my, my son is involved with planes and I won't get into this too much because, you know, we only have so much time, Laura, but you know, when, when pilots course correct every 30 seconds, you know, the thing that I've learned from him being obsessed with planes is how great of an analogy is that for us in our lives to say, where do we need to course correct? And I think that self-compassion added with that course correction could be a magical recipe to actually get through what we are dealing with. I was teaching a client the other day um, a technique that we call realistic optimism, which is an EQ tool where we go through the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, and what is the gradient in between of what may fall. And talking through these imagination, I mean, we, our brains are really great computers. They imagine the worst things so fast, right? <laughs> they tap in to the world coming to an end in two seconds, and yet it takes a cognitive effort to think about what is the best case scenario, but it is easier based on our big emotions we already talked about to fall into this worst case scenario. So going through this with a client the other day where we talked about what is her best case scenario, what is her worst case scenario, and what are the, what are the scenarios that may look like something in between? Now, could our new normal look nothing like any of those situations? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But seeing her anxiety and overwhelm go from an 11 out of 10 down to a four, down to a three, something manageable where she felt, hey, I can actually sleep last night. And that was the message I woke up to this morning. Shaquille, mm -hmm. I actually slept last night. And I went, please keep doing this inner work because it will help 
you solve these things that are really, really tough right now. So I wanted to share that, um, that that's a tool that I use that I know has helped people because we as dentists, we want answers. And sometimes the only answers we can really come up with right now are hypothetical answers. And so this really spoke to her and hopefully it'll speak to someone who's listening as well. That sounds like a really, really helpful technique. I love that it includes the worst case scenario too, just because if we look at it and don't let it be a monster hiding back here, you know, just a, a black cloud that's living back there. If we can actually just look at it and go, oh, well, I guess we would be okay if that happened too. Um, and then looking, being able to see the whole range of things that could happen in between here and there, all of a sudden it just feels like maybe I would be able to accept any of them. It lightens and emotions are hard to verbalize. We as a society don't necessarily place the emphasis on talking about what we feel. We kind of go to extremes with things. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I mean, when I start my process with my clients, I'm like, let's expand that emotional vocabulary because we are not just fine. We are not just good. There's other things. Now, obviously, there's lots of words for how we're feeling. But I think it's, I think when we can verbalize the really big emotions that we're feeling, and there's more than one, and we cannot be judging ourselves for feeling that. And it's easier said than done because we are onions. We are acquisitions of all of our experiences. We are multifaceted, lots of layers. We're complex people. And then we are dentists. So now we are more complex. We are the onion over the onion. And so I think when we start verbalizing what these scenarios look like and what we feel and why that is bothering us, we start to create conversations, I think, that lead us towards healing, lead us towards processing, which sounds very different than spinning our hamster wheel of, I feel like this, I feel like this, I'm never going to get out of it, I feel like this, which is very real, but it's a choice to stay on that space or do the hard inner work of getting off of it and asking ourselves these questions. Absolutely. That hamster wheel, I feel like is such a good analogy for dentistry because especially right now, I mean, no, I'm not running on the treadmill anymore, but if I don't stop my mind, then I'm spinning and I'm spinning and I'm spinning and I'm not making any decisions and I'm just worried. And when I'm worried, I'm not taking appropriate action. I'm just hiding from that worried feeling, which is not helpful. So feeling the worry and then moving on would be so much more helpful for my well-being and for my business. Absolutely, and you're not judging it. That's what I love about what you just said. You know, we have secondary emotions. I mean, we won't go too deep into the deep end because once you get me going, I'm gonna go there. But secondary emotions where we start placing judgment, the lack of self-compassion. Oh, why am I feeling like this? You know, why couldn't I have had a contingency plan? Why didn't I have more savings? Why didn't I X, Y, and Z? We fabricate these alternate realities that didn't happen out of these very hamster wheel-esque emotions, which we, at some point we have to catch ourselves and go, is this a helpful thought? Is this actually productive in this situation? And is this solving my problem? And I think when we catch ourselves the way you did, I mean, 
that's when, that's when we can pivot a little bit, right? We're hearing friends right now, pivot, pivot. Like that's when we can pivot our plan and think about all the, all the productive healing things we can do because there is still a lot we can do despite so many things we can't. I love what you just said. And I just have to say, if you're feeling that way and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I do want to pivot. Then what you can do is you can say, who do I want to be right now? How do I want to show up for me and my family? And just make a list of how you want to be. And all of a sudden your mind is focused on something else instead of worrying about the regulations or the loan applications or, or all these things. Let yourself set, give yourself an intention before you turn your attention back onto those activities. I love that. I love that. Or if you find that you're too into a negative space where you can't do that, think about what you would tell a friend. Because sometimes I know you've done a whole episode on how our need to bond is. I love that episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that episode because I give it too many thumbs up. But truly, you know, it's sometimes we need that to pull within ourselves to say, hey, if this is, if this is a colleague of mine or a friend of mine, and they're telling me the things that I'm feeling right now, what advice would I give to them? You know, what, what advice would I tell them? And write it down because sometimes putting it on paper and recognizing logically and making the connection emotionally, that can make the difference between sitting and unpacking something and staying there versus unpacking it and going, all right, I'm off to the next, to the next thing that I can actually solve instead of sitting and marinating in this. I both, whatever speaks to you is the way this should be processed. There isn't a right or wrong way. Cause that's another thing. I don't know if you've noticed this that comes up where it's, you know, am I, if I'm, if I'm stuck at home and I can only do all of this stuff, what if I am not doing enough for my practice that came up a couple of days ago? Um, and I thought that was an interesting question because we're, we're thinking of what the practice is not getting enough of. And yet we as humans are feeling somewhat depleted with how we're feeling right, right now. And that intensity needs to be addressed. I think this is a situation we can't ignore what our needs are at this time, because if we fill us up, we can now go out there and solve so many things that we need to. That is so true. And I just have to say that the way we practice and the way we show up as a family member and even the way we treat ourselves is a manifestation of what is happening inside ourselves. So for example, if you, if you have a goal of having a great practice when you come out of this, then the first thing that you have to do is look inside yourself and see what you're telling yourself. Because if you're telling yourself that you're going to make a wrong decision or if you're telling yourself that you're a piece of crap, because I know a lot of dentists doing that, that that's what you're going to end up manifesting. So you have to look at what you're saying to yourself, look at how you're feeling. And that's the step one. That's where you have to start. Really, really. I was listening to Deepak Chopra the other day, mm -hmm. who I know you're also a fan of, and he posed the question, um, and he's done this in a couple of different um, books that he's written. He's posed it in a different way, but I love that he always comes back to a mirror analogy where he says, if you're looking in the mirror of your life, do you like what you see? 
Do you like what you see? If you don't like it, it doesn't matter how hard you shine that mirror or you take a shoe and try and break that mirror. It's still not going to be what you want to see unless you change who's actually looking at the mirror. And I think that's very appropriate with our conversation mm -hmm. um, because ultimately if there were things or are things that are not being handled the way that you want them to be, you also have this amazing gift, as you eloquently put it earlier, of reevaluating what is going on right now and possibly choosing different things for that future self when we're evaluating what should we do and what shouldn't we do. And that is, that's an opportunity hidden in the chaos, which we have to want to see. And I think we can see, I really do think everybody can find that space. I love that too, because honestly, this time that we have could be looked at as a gift. Guess what? You were on your treadmill, you liked it. Guess what? It stopped. And now you're here and it's still. And what, look at your practice and ask yourself, is that what you want it to be? Because now is your chance to do some vision work and to look at what you really want it to be. And you can't do that if you're always just running and not looking inside yourself, like you said. Absolutely. But I also think coming back to what you had mentioned as just such an important thing in that to revision, be prepared to course correct and elevate that self-compassion because mm -hmm. the decisions you make now may not make sense in a week. That's how quick they may change. And to not judge yourself the way that, you know, Laura had mentioned earlier is an incredible, incredible gift to ourselves and that permission, that space. So vision what you want to be and how you want to do these things. But at the same time, don't be so married to that vision where we can't course correct and allow grace and compassion for the really hard situation we're all dealing with right now. Cause it is hard. It is very hard. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, woken me up to the fact it is hard. I agree that it's hard and it's woken me up to the fact that I thought I was in control of all these things. <laughs> I'm not in control of any of it. I thought I was, I was like, yep, yeah. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Um, we're making this practice amazing. And now I'm like, oh, we collected zero dollars and zero cents today. Okay. Well, there wasn't a thing I could do about that. Right. I couldn't control that. I can't control those tiny little virus particles from spreading around in the respiratory droplets to wherever they're going to go next. And I can't control other people's fear and other people's irrational actions that they're taking because of their fear either. Mm -hmm. I, I really always come back to my favorite phrase, which is one control is an illusion, mm -hmm. but the alternate to that is if we can accept that changes are constant, then we start to navigate our waters with a little less turbulence. It doesn't mean that we like stability. We crave stability. And yet every day is unstable. How many fires as dentists we put out in our practices on a day-to-day -day basis? Now, don't get me wrong. These are mini compared to what we're dealing with right now. They are mini, but we are practicing putting out and, and creative problem solving all day long, finding solutions for complex problems. But this situation 
is definitely one that when we come out on the other side of this, all of those little fires, oh man, they are going to seem like little embers, just mm -hmm. not even moving. We're going to be able to do things more seamlessly than we ever thought we could after being able to put out this big fire and accept this big change because this is an evolution. This is going to be an evolution of all of us. And I think if we can lean into that space instead of run, as you had said earlier, when we want to go the other direction, mm -hmm. but in this case, we don't have any other direction to go other than our four walls because most of us are social distancing and quarantining <laughs> right now. So at the end of the day, it's change is our constant. And it doesn't mean that we are giving permission for things to be tumultuous. It means that we recognize that every day is going to be different than how we plan. And that is okay. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Like, like in a clinical practice, let's pretend, you know, I had change would be, Oh, the crown that I just put on Mrs. Jones broke in half. And I could say to myself, well, I guess the forces were too great, or I guess I'll reduce a little bit more on the occlusal this time. Instead of, I said this to myself so many times, oh, you're the worst. This is an automatic sentence that I say to myself sometimes. I have no idea when I started saying that, but if I can do that in the small things, and then right now with this bigger thing, I don't know if I can think of any examples, but if I can give myself that same acceptance of change, like maybe I don't know which financial aid obligation uh, opportunities are going to be the best right now, but I'm going to learn and figure it out. Or I don't know the best way to social distance, but the next time I'm at Walmart, I'm going to wear a mask and gloves, or I don't know, just all these different things that we can do to try to, give ourselves that acceptance of change. Do you have any, what do you do? What's an example of something you've done this week or this month where you accepted change? Well, I think with, with any life adversity, at some point you get tired of swimming upstream. And that has truly been my story, which is a story for another day. But when you swim upstream enough, you start getting tired of constantly feeling like the world is not in your favor, that you are constantly fighting something that you can't control. And so my view on change has shifted over the years because at this point, it's, I'm going to do the best I can with what I have mm -hmm. and truly embracing it is the best I can with what I have. And when I know better down the line and I look back at this, it was the best I could with what I had. And I think that that repetition and mm -hmm. reflecting on the many mistakes I've made, the many wins I've had, and really looking at my experiences in that lens, I think it's built up my change resilience, if you want to call it that. Um, and this is a far cry. Like, let me remind people, like, being a dentist for 11 years in clinical practice where I thought, as you said, control and no change and I have it together. I mean, 
it is not how I was wired <laughs> by any stretch of the word. But I will say these past couple of years of leaning into being more accepting of what I cannot control and being more compassionate to the mistakes I have made has really been the secret recipe, if we want to call it a secret, <laughs> into accepting change that is. I mean, the change that's happened in my household in the past few weeks, I know you and I were talking about this, you know, a few minutes ago, where my husband, who is in healthcare, he is on the front lines, he's in medicine, he's an anesthesiologist. Um, my biggest fear with all of this was what happens when or if he gets he gets the virus. What will happen? What will it, what will it mean? Will he be in the hospital? What will I do with my young son? You know, all of these things that come up as far as health being tested and lo and behold, this man caught COVID-19. And after three days of quarantining him with his fever, um, we realized very quickly he was still needed in this house. And so we all got exposed. There is only so much four walls can do. And we've all been dealing with symptoms um, in these past two weeks. We're finally out of quarantine. So yay for us. I've never been so happy to see the sun, right? When you go outside and you're not able to step outside. But it has been very much a challenge and true testament of how quickly things can change because those three days when he was in that high fever it was that panic right that panic of is he going to be the person that I have to you know get to the hospital because he's going to have respiratory distress in day five right now it's day three what does that mean do I give him something do I not I'm second guessing everything and how we are are dealing with this and when his symptoms started to shift into URI symptoms and GI symptoms. My son had a runny nose for two days. I mean, children are truly, they do not express this mm -hmm. as much as the adults do. And I didn't even get a fever. I got the GI and flu symptoms, but I never got the fever that my husband did for the three days. So this whole experience with COVID in our family, my worst fears coming true, no matter what you do or how emotionally intelligent you are or whether you're a life coach or not, we're human first. And all of that panic yeah. that came into my house and the way we figured out how to stay calm through it all um, was really a moment by moment um, experience because all we had was that day. All we had was each hour of that day. And so what helped me in these times where I felt myself as you had mentioned earlier, getting kind of almost self-agitated, like, oh gosh, I'm imagining all these things was asking myself, is this a helpful thought? Is this temporary or is this permanent? That was definitely the question that I asked myself. I cannot even tell you how many times in a day. I think I lost count after 10 because that's how much it comes into there. And then the other thing was knowing that all I could do was be aware of my mind going into that space. And so for me personally, I had to increase my meditation, even though I was taking care of my sick son, even though I wasn't feeling, or my sick son, my sick husband, um, and I wasn't feeling 100%, I had to practice all of my mindfulness tools. Like I was more intensely a client of my own because ultimately that meditation and my breathing exercises 
um, and my gratitude, the habits I have on a daily basis, I had to turn up that volume, dial it up really high. And I was sitting on my mat at least three times a day, um, like meals, because I found myself going to this agitated space and I almost had to reel myself back in. And then I would go to that agitated space and reel myself back in because these fears and the reality of the fear was, was a lot to take in. And as quickly as all of this came, we are exiting on the other side and I'm looking at this experience and we were lucky. Now, you know, that is the disclaimer. Obviously we don't know how we're going to be affected by this until we actually get it. And we are very lucky that all of us presented with what would be considered milder symptoms. I do not want to negate that somebody else could catch this and end up in a worse place. But ultimately, I don't think it's a coincidence that all my son was practicing mindfulness, my husband was meditating through all of this. The power of healing and visualization and our mind is mm -hmm. so powerful that I think if we're already doing this as prevention, we can deal with more than we think. Um, because of it. So that's what's been going on on my end of the woods um, with dealing with COVID and our worst fears coming true. That's so, such a good story to tell right now because we're all just panicked because we don't want to get it. And you're like, hey, I got it. <laughs> I love the question that you ask yourself, is this temporary or permanent? And I would be curious to try this question next. Can I live with this? Is this temporary? Mm, I love that. Can I live with this? Is this something I can endure? I already know the answer is that yes, I can endure it because I'm enduring it. But if I just mm -hmm. acknowledge it, then it'll help me not try to keep running away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making decisions on temporary emotions, it's just not a good recipe. It's like the cookie that will never be soft and chewy. You know, it is the recipe that was always going to fail when we know we're going through something really temporary. Yes, we have to make a lot of decisions in our life and our practice at this time. But if we can make the absolute necessary decisions, giving us ourselves grace and compassion and leave the more permanent, permanent ones for another day or another time upon more information, then we'll probably solve things a little bit differently than trying to solve our world's problems in the moment, which can be really overwhelming, frankly. Um, so I think when it comes to everything, my husband who does more financial literacy stuff in the medical world, you know, he was asked a lot this week, you know, would you shift this? Would you shift this? Would you move this money over here? Would you pull it? And he's going, temporary emotions, people don't make any permanent decisions. And, you know, I'm going, whoa, I've trained my husband. So, well, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I know that really wasn't it. But it was, you know, proven that whether we're in dentistry or not, all of these big, big feelings are so big that we can only expect so much of ourselves at this point. And it's okay if we can only handle what we can handle and leave the rest of it for another time that we can handle differently possibly with more information and a little bit of, and a little bit and a whole lot of grace. Yeah. I love what you just said. And I just think maybe I should title this episode, give yourself some grace girl oh, or something like that. Cause really we just all <laughs> deserve a lot more compassion than we're giving ourselves. And when we do that, then we're putting ourselves in an emotional place where we're going to make better decisions. 
absolutely yeah 110 better for everybody Mm-hmm. Ah, we're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're taking one day at a time, you know. I yeah. think no right or wrong. We we almost have to leave our expectations behind, which is very very hard to do. I think forgiving ourselves. I go through a whole forgiveness exercise with clients, um, and even more so appropriate now, where it's as simple as taking a piece of paper and writing down our wins and writing down what we learned, what the things that we did right and learning to lean into this space of forgiving ourselves for all the mistakes that we've made. It's liberating when we lose and work towards losing our own expectations because at a time like this, we can't keep up with tomorrow. Never mind. Never mind what we held for ourselves today and so I hope that anybody listening to this would as you appropriately said and titled this episode, give ourselves a ton of grace because those expectations are not helpful right now at all. Yeah. It's so much easier to lead and to be a good person to yourself and others once you have forgiven yourself and accepted yourself Mm -hmm. just the way you are, flaws and all. You're beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, goodness, this has just been so enjoyable to have you on here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Mm -hmm. And do you have a website that people can go to, to see um, your materials and stuff like that? Absolutely. So um, I, my website is theinspireddentist.com or shakilaangadi.com. We're going to be shifting some things. I'm excited about some new projects that I'm, that I'm leaning into once well, whenever this chaos decides to become a little less chaotic. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yes, you can reach me through my website or email me, Shakila at theinspireddentist.com. I think now's the time to just chat. And I could probably say that Laura's saying the same thing to anybody mm-hmm. out there. If you need an ear, we're more than happy to be there for you. I know I am. Um, so even on social, if you find me, Shakila Angadi send me a message. Let me know how you're doing because we're all in this together. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure, Shakila. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To download my free workbook on how better leadership starts with your feelings, go to my website, thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and click on Get Free Help.